This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 24th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The return to a stable dollar may be a difficult task, but it's essential for re-establishing it as a trustworthy unit of account and a measure of wealth. Steve Forbes, editor-in-chief of Forbes Media, is co-author of the new book, Money, How the Destruction of the Dollar Threatens the Global Economy and What We Can Do About It. We spoke last week. You talk about stability a lot in this book, and I think it's clear that the instability of the U.S. dollar has done a lot of harm. It's fueled a lot of government spending, uh, fueled a lot of militarism, even consumer spending. So what do you tell people who look at the situation where we are now with the U.S. dollar and they say, look, it's still the reserve currency of the world. We don't need to worry about this. That seems to be the prevailing attitude. Well, you can uh, go through what you've accumulated in the past. You can rely on the past and uh, before you collapse. It uh, took Rome several centuries to uh, undo what the previous generations had done there. And one of the purposes of the book was to make the point that even if you get it right on spending, on, on taxes, on regulation, if you don't get it right on the money, everything else is undermined. And one of the things that's happened in the last 40 years is that U.S. growth rates are less than they were historically. If we'd maintain historic growth rates, the U.S. economy today would be 50 percent larger. Uh, You wouldn't necessarily need two incomes to do what one income uh, did in previous generations. And uh, you wouldn't have the massive growth of government. Uh, Whenever there's unstable money, you get uh, economic crises, which governments use to expand. So the book wants to get across what is money, Uh, How do we make it stable, like uh, 60 minutes in an hour for clocks, and uh, help get this country and the world back on a path of growth and liberty? Now, when you talk about stability, we should be really clear, first of all, that you are not talking about the decades-long steady inflation of the U.S. dollar, right? Uh, Stability here means a stable value of the dollar, fixed value, like stable number of inches in a foot, 12. Uh, scales are stable or supposed to be. Uh, clocks are stable. And so money is a measurement of wealth. Money is a measurement of value. And if that uh, measurement is uncertain or changes arbitrarily, it erodes trust because marketplace transactions are based on trust, especially with strangers. Uh, you don't get the kind of investment, productive investment in the future. And so in frustration, uh, people turn to government and government gets bigger and liberty is undermined. Cato's president, John Allison, just about every time I hear him talk about money and uh, banking, says three things, basically, end the Fed, allow free banking, and return to a gold standard. In your book, you say the Fed could have a useful role, quote unquote, at least for now. So what does that mean? What is the Steve Forbes plan for a stable dollar? Going on a uh, gold standard, uh, means simply that the, the dollar has a fixed value. And the role of the Fed is simply to uh, maintain that value. So let's say uh, the price is $1,250 an ounce, picking a number. All it means is if it goes, gold goes above $1,250, the Fed doesn't create so much money. If it goes below $1,250, creates a little more. In other words, let's the markets determine. Uh, money supply, however you wish to define it, which is all over the place, numerous definitions, but however you define it, uh, should be uh, uh, flexible. 
You have a vibrant economy, you need more money. Money represents, it's a claim on products and services. Money represents what people have already created, like a coat check in a restaurant has no intrinsic value. It represents a claim on a coat. Money represents claim on products and services. So uh, gold standard, that's all the Fed would do, uh, deal with the occasional panic, which uh, occurs every 75 years. And that's it. When the Fed was created, all it was supposed to do was to provide uh, cash to meet seasonal needs of banks because of crazy regulation at the time. We couldn't meet seasonal needs in an agricultural economy. Uh, keep it on the gold standard. And uh, that was uh, a deal with panics like 1907, which the British had taught us in the 1860s how you do, boom, quick, bring your collateral in, pay above market rate, crisis pass, you pay the loan back, done. That's all the Fed was supposed to do. All right. Um, our present monetary policy has been consistently punitive towards savers and has encouraged people to borrow more money than they otherwise uh, would. What do you see as the long-term effects of that? Well, when you don't have real economic growth of the kind of growth that we're capable of, uh, you do have uh, people uh, taking on more debt uh, because they're told it's a good thing to do. Uh, you do have uh, misdirected capital and uh, you get uh, a stagnant economy. Our current tax code also rewards debt. Do you think that's a good idea? I'm thinking specifically of things like the mortgage interest deduction, uh, deductibility of interest for well, businesses, you, uh, that sort if, of thing. If you cleaned out the tax code and did something like I propose, a, a flat tax, just uh -huh. have exemptions for adults and for kids, you should be allowed to keep enough to uh, meet the basic necessities of life before government comes after you. Uh, and that's it. And uh, that way you can have a very low rate, you can have a vibrant economy, and you wouldn't have politicians uh, taking money from you and then giving it back to you saying if you do this, you get to keep your money, like giving dogs a uh, biscuits as, as a treat for certain kinds of behavior. People in a free market, in a free country can uh, do that on their own. So uh, uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, uh, people's behavior, uh, it's, it's fine. Now, human nature being what it is, people will do uh, crazy things, but in a free market, that sorts itself out. You don't need uh, politicians coming to the rescue. Um, you said this Moving away from our current monetary policy to what you propose you say would take how long? It could be fairly quick. And when you say current monetary policy, uh, that uh, is very flattering. It assumes there is a policy. <laughs> uh, the Fed operates on whim. Uh, whatever current theory uh, they, they, they like, they uh, go, go follow it. Quantitative easing was a brand new thing. Uh, suppressing interest rates across the board. We hadn't done that since world wars. And uh, it has led to a form of credit allocation. So uh, again, uh, the Fed's role should be very, very basic. Uh, people will do uh, fine in a free, free, free world. I mean, we had plenty of crisis in the 180 years leading up to 1971. Yet we achieved over time enormous growth rates better than any other developed country. And uh, we can go forward with that again. Uh, you had a couple of, I'll say, less than kind words for this new currency, Bitcoin, that has emerged recently. Can you give me your sort of big picture take on that? Well, I think Bitcoin is a high tech uh, cry for help. Uh, when you have an unstable dollar, then uh, people look for alternatives. 
And uh, also in this day and age, people do like the idea of a thing called privacy. So uh, Bitcoin emerged, but its very volatility makes it uh, less than useful as money because it doesn't have that uh, stability you need. If you got paid in Bitcoins, and one of our online contributors has done this from time to time, tried to live on a Bitcoin, uh, it's like uh, taking shares of stock. Uh, you, you don't know what you're getting, and you don't know uh, the, when you buy something, the uh, seller doesn't know what he or she is getting. So you, uh, uh, I think Bitcoin is, you'll see uh, uh, sons of or daughters of Bitcoins in the future. And in terms of our whole payment system, which is still very antiquated, we think things are very fast today when you do the card swipes and things like that. But it's a very antiquated system. It's still not seamless yet, but we'll get there. What are the first couple of steps that should be taken to get to this the stable dollar that we all want? Well, I think part of it is, and this is one reason why I wrote the book, is to get the knowledge out there. So uh, one of the reasons we lost the previous gold standard was people did not know why it worked. They did not understand money and they did not know how to defend it. And uh, so they blew it up unnecessarily. It was ignorance that did it in. Right, but as a matter of uh, as a matter of federal policy, well, you, in you the short for, term. For first you announce it that uh, we are going to uh, do what we did for 180 years, and uh, then uh, you know, there are various ways you can do it. You can have a six month, 12 month uh, transition period. You can have a big conference or something, but uh, you have to make it clear it's going to be done. It has to be when you uh, pick a pick a rate. It has to be enacted into law and other things that have to be done is remove obstacles to alternative currencies. That is a, uh, as a, as a safety backdrop. Also uh, have a redeemability, uh, not like a classical gold standard, but uh, the, you should be able to take your dollars to uh, the government and uh, buy gold bullion. I put a high commission on it because I don't want the government competing with private dealers, but uh, and the government should uh, – could, as, a, as an ultimate uh, safety net, have the government have to keep a certain amount, 50 million ounces, 100 million ounces, just so uh, people can believe that over time we're going to have a really uh, stable system. We would have on a gold standard uh, a steady deflation over time. Do you agree with that? Well, deflation, we got to get definitions right. Sure. Because this, this is where there's so much confusion. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, inflation means you reduce the value of the currency. Right. Deflation means you increase the value of the currency. Either one is bad. We want a flationary policy, not a deflationary inflation. We like flation. And uh, so over time, you may find that specific products go down in price. You take an iPad today. People have pointed out if you tried to make that thing or uh, iPhone uh, 25 years ago, it would have cost you three and a half, four million dollars. Uh, today, it's a few hundred bucks. So uh, that's productivity. Productivity is not deflationary. Or if you go to uh, McDonald's and then go to, say, the 21 Club, you'll notice that the 21 Club uh, hamburger meat is about four times, three times, four times expensive per ounce as it is in Mickey D's. So uh, uh, 21 Club, is that inflationary? Is Mickey D's deflationary? No. It, it's uh, what markets are saying certain kinds of products are valued at. So productivity would mean that uh, with certain products, they'd go down. But one of the amazing things, and this is where people get a little confused, is the amazing thing in the marketplaces, we're always improving things. The automobile today is a very different thing than it was uh, 20 years ago with all the chips and everything else in there. 
We don't realize how easy it is to drive versus what it was 40 or 50 years ago. Uh, you take, uh, take, for example, the iPhone. Uh, when that came along, the initial price uh, was $499, much more expensive than uh, the uh, typical uh, phone you got from a cell phone you got from uh, Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile or whatever. And uh, does that mean that inflationary? No. You're paying for design. You're paying for huge new features. How do you, how do you capture that in a consumer price index? You well, don't. Right. So uh, you'll get more for less. That's markets always allowed to work, always turn luxuries into commodities. Steve Forbes is co-author of Money, How the Destruction of the Dollar Threatens the Global Economy and What We Can Do About It. You can watch a forum for the book at our website, cato.org.